You are listening to The Real Faith Stories Podcast, interviews with people who chose to boldly follow their faith. I'm your host, Brian Robinson. Now, let's meet our guest and hear their story. Carrie Olson, welcome to Real Faith Stories. Really looking forward to you sharing your incredible story today. Thank you, Brian, for having me. Super excited to be here. Well, I was reading over the answers to your questions about your story, and I was blown away by what you've experienced. And so I'm actually just going to turn it over to you and ask you to share a bit about your backstory. And then let's get into your experience with your husband leaving you right in the midst of having cancer, the sheriff sales on your house, etc. So Carrie, please tell us about yourself. Okay, I will. God has really redeemed this story. This was something that was really hard for me to talk about, but he has just shined so brightly through it. And I now get really excited to share it. So thank you for asking me. I really feel like this story started in 2011. That is when I was diagnosed with cancer. I had three little kids out of the blue, went to the doctor, and three days later, they called me on the phone saying, Carrie, you have cancer. Wow. It was a really difficult time, also because my then husband was also diagnosed with bipolar the same year. About six months into that cancer journey, I came home one day from running errands and he was sitting on the front porch with a backpack on and he just said, I am out of here. This is not fun anymore. And literally just walked away, walked down the sidewalk. Carrie, I can't even fathom what that experience was like. Yeah, the rug was absolutely pulled out from underneath me and really, I mean, shook me to my core. Mm -hmm. And yet the faith and the trust that I developed in that time, oh gosh, I don't know that it may have happened any other way. And I can look back and now say, wow, God, thank you for being there. Thank you for being faithful and see how he connected the dots. So Mm -hmm. yeah, total redemption story. But it wasn't easy. The day he walked out, left me with three little tiny kids and a house in foreclosure. Really no support from him, either for the kids or financially or anything. So I I had to understand how God made me. You know, the strength that he gave me, the things that he wanted to develop in me, the character, the faith, and the trust. And... That happened. Not all at once. It was a long, kind of windy journey, but it it was just so beautiful. And so... Well, let me pause on that, Carrie, for a second, please. What was one of your first profound recollections during that beginning of that season of you coming to the recognition that God was doing something beyond what you could see? Yeah, That's a great question, because it actually took me a little bit longer than I would have liked to say to really understand, oh, wow, God. And so it was about three years after that day, we were still living in our house in foreclosure. We had been through seven sheriff sales. And if you're not sure what that is, because I really didn't until I actually went through with this, the sheriff will come to your house, they hand you the papers and tell you, okay, Mrs. Olson, this is when your house is being auctioned off at the county courthouse. And that was terrifying. 
No doubt. I tried to pay for my mortgage as long as I could through my savings. But then at one point, I realized this is not sustainable. And so as shameful as that was, I was just like, okay, Lord, I'm, I just have to give this to you. And he absolutely made a way. So seven sheriff sales, seven times at the county courthouse with lawyers and bankers and mortgage people. And every time I would call the next day and I would say, okay, so when do I need to be out of my house? Because I had three little kids and a lot to pack up. And they would look through things and they're like, gosh, I don't know what happened. You know, maybe call back tomorrow. They had no record of it even like happening. And so, yes, it took seven sheriff sales and three years. And I finally was like, okay, Lord, thank you. And yet it was that eighth sheriff sale. So that was in 2015. I walked out one morning to let the dog out at 7 a.m. And there he was again. It was the sheriff sitting on my back patio furniture, just waiting for me. And up until that point, I really was trying to protect my kids. I didn't kind of let them know what was going on. They were going through a lot as well. How old were they, Carrie? So by then, they were 9, 11, and 13. Okay. But that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back because I was like, okay, this can't go on forever. Like God has been so good, but I really need to start preparing them for moving, for packing, for me saving money for rent somewhere else. And so I sat them down that evening for dinner. I remember so vividly we were eating our peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And I was like, guys, I have to tell you that we are going to be moving I really need to be saving money for this. And my idea of how to make that happen was to cut out their beloved activities. So sports and gymnastics and dance and basketball. And that was just heartbreaking for them. I also, for some reason, thought it was important to tell them, even though it was July, that they would only be getting one Christmas present. I just needed to prepare their hearts so it wasn't devastating for them in December. And as I said those two things, they were so sweet. I, they nodded their understanding, yet I could see the fear in their eyes. And as their mother and sole provider, it just, it broke my heart. And so I remember running to the bathroom, trying not to cry in front of them, and just bawled into the towels. And at some point, my youngest daughter, Amelie, she came to the door, she knocked on it, and I'm trying to gather myself enough, but I opened the door and she was standing there with her little pink cheetah print suitcase. And she said, mom, we're going to be okay. I have lots of things for us to sell for money. And she unzipped her suitcase and she had her worldly treasures in there, her mm. rocks, her seashells, her books, and her Barbies. And man, that was the day I absolutely surrendered everything because I thought I had a plan and yet, after the kids went to bed that night, I was on my knees and I just said, Lord, whatever I'm doing here is not working. And I give you everything. I give you my kids, my house, my job, my plans for yours. And man, did he ever start showing up. I mean, he was always there, but like the miracles that happened even compounded after that night. Let's talk about that. Share a couple, please. Yes. As I said, that was the eighth sheriff sale. Mm -hmm. We lived through a total of 17. Man, that is a mind blow. And each time you called, they said, we don't have any record of this? 
they didn't have an explanation. Each time it was different. Oh, well, maybe call your mortgage broker. Yeah, I don't have this on the record. Are you sure you have the right dates? <laughs> or, you know, there was just so much confusion by everyone. And so the night after I surrendered everything, I met my now husband, godly, beautiful man. And we did end up getting married a couple years later. We moved into that house. After we were married, we built our dream home. And finally, 17 sheriff sales later, I was like, okay, just please take this. It's yours. But that was a total of six years and two months without a payment. And it's unheard of. Anyone in the mortgage industry will tell you a year is pretty incredible. But to go six years and two months. And so that is hundreds of thousands of dollars when I was praying for more clients, for more hustle. God was like, Carrie, I have a better way for you. You need to rest. You need to heal. Just lean into me and trust that I have got you. And man, was that a beautiful lesson to learn through this all. Incredible. Well, when you say you were praying for more clients, what exactly do you mean? Yes. So I was working full-time as an occupational therapist, but he also had me get into coaching during that time. How'd that happen? Yeah. I first started out as a health coach for moms with cancer. I just, I felt like he was leading me to make meaning out of that really dark, horrible time. I had a heart to help others. And so Yeah, I was working full time. I added coaching and then I was also doing a direct sales company just to try and make ends meet. Mm -hmm. And I just kept praying for more, more work, really, when he had a much better plan. When you say he had a much better plan, what is it that he had in mind for you as opposed to grinding? Way less hustle, more trust, more faith. He actually asked me to stop coaching at one point because he knew I had a lot of work to do on myself, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, leaning into him to get ready for what I am now doing, which is helping other Christian women who have a heart for coaching to start their own online businesses. I was a little bit scared. I'm like, well, but Lord, I need to make money and I need to get clients. He was like, we'll figure out that later. So as the Lord impresses upon you to back off instead of press forward and grind into trying to make things happen, is that a fair way to say it? 100%, yes. When you got that understanding from the Lord, that's what he had in mind for you in this season. What was that like to get that understanding and then to actually not grind? Freedom, honestly, is the first word that comes to mind because I had lived a life of control, both in the way I grew up, but then also just trying to manipulate my circumstances instead of surrendering at his feet and just trusting and knowing that, wow, does he ever have better ways than I do? And I don't know that I would have learned that lesson. It Obviously, it kind of takes a two by four to my head sometimes, like when he's trying to get a hold of me. That's a different story now. I'm trying to listen to the whispers and the nudges. But yeah, he really got my attention. But again, I can't praise him enough because 
of the way that he has changed me and my heart. But also this is a story for my kids now and what they have lived through and what I am trying to instill in them from such a young age. So what would you say to somebody listening to this that's in this space of, I have got to make ends meet, I'm freaking out, I'm barely on the edge of making things work out financially, what would you say to them? We have to get so incredibly clear on his word, his promises. Yes, that might be our circumstances. And believe me, I felt that freak out. I also had to just realize that it may feel like a fact that I don't have enough. I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. I'm not even sure if I'll have enough for groceries this month. And yet I was able to start taking my eyes off those earthly circumstances and really dig into the truth and declaring he is my provider. You know, just whatever it is in scripture that is pertaining to, you know, whatever you're going through. And I still can't tell you exactly how that happened except for he made a way. I mean, my dad hired a financial advisor for me to work with and he was Like, Carrie, you just, you don't have a big enough budget for groceries. Like, you need to find a different job or find a fourth job. Actually, he recommended at one time. He's like, you need to stop tithing. And I was like, God's going to make a way. And I refused to stop tithing. There's somehow, I just, I feel like he just supernaturally extended our groceries. (laughs) There just always was cereal in the cupboard. And I can't literally tell you how that happened. Other than it was him. I can relate to that. My wife and I, when we got married, we made a commitment to tithe from day one. And the Lord did so many incredible things through that and showed us how faithful he was. He kept increasing the amount, giving us opportunities to give offerings way above what we thought we were capable of giving and never failed us. And in that period, we wound up giving away multiple vehicles to people. What? Vehicles? We're raising all these kids and the Lord's saying, here, give this car to so-and-so. The point is, for what you're saying, he's faithful. Yeah. And he had you declaring scripture over your circumstances. Yes. What led you into doing that? How did you experience that? I grew up having a kind of unfortunately a passive faith. And yet, as he was drawing me nearer and pulling me in, and as I was understanding his word, his truth, his voice, we have so much more authority than we ever probably think. There was a point when I was like, oh, I don't know. Is this the name it, kind of claim it stuff? And yet, I really wanted to dig into it biblically. And so I just started writing out scripture. I mean, oh my gosh, the one I had all over my house was Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, and to give you hope and a future. And even when I didn't feel that way, I was like, okay, well, that's my emotions. I needed to separate that. And I'm like declaring out loud on Post-its notes. Oh my gosh, I probably had it in 20 places all over my house that this is the truth. And this is what I'm going to choose to believe. This is what I'm going to say out loud. This is what I'm going to tell my kids when we didn't feel like we always had hope or a good future. So it really does change your heart though. Succumbing the truth or really handing over my emotions and being like, okay, Lord, like this is what it feels like. However, 
I know this is what you say. And this is, it's a choice at that time. It didn't feel like it was, but it was a choice. And I choose you, Lord. I believe you. I thank you. And just praising him in the midst, in the gap. It sounds like you were very honest with the Lord. You were confessing exactly (laughs) where you were. And so much of, I think, certain streams of thought in the Christian world is you can't confess negative things, right? Instead, they're like, well, just speak the word. Yeah, you should speak the word, but God loves when we confess the truth to him too. Yeah. And so, what did that look like for you? I think you've already shared it multiple times. Boy, this is how I'm feeling. This is what your word says. Correct. Yes. I had to kind of switch my relationship from this scary guy in the sky of just full of rules and to a relationship where he is my father and he loves me. He wants the best for me. Like he is working on my behalf, whether I see it or not. And it was a total change of, you know, religion into relationship. And as I knew and understood his voice better, again, I could really start to take those thoughts captive because man, I was ruled by my emotions. And as I began to renew my mind and get to know his voice, his truth, his promises, that is when everything started to change. Do you recall, Carrie, a shift when you went from that space of religion to relationship? Was there a linchpin moment for you? Honestly, it was learning to know Holy Spirit. I grew up in a Lutheran home, loving, wonderful, but to me, it was full of rules and religion. It was doing the right things, reciting the right things, showing up at church. And yet when I started attending a church that was more Holy Spirit filled, I just remember, I actually asked the pastor at one point, I'm like, can I just move in the back, like put some bunk beds in there for me and the kids? (laughs) Like... I need to be here. And it was the first time that I truly experienced the Holy Spirit in a church and then in myself. And the comforter, the wisdom, the knowledge, the peace. I think that was what I hadn't had that before. And so that was, yes, a beautiful thing. Again, this church really did change a lot of things for myself and the kids. We got water baptized together in a lake and really started digging into the relationship with our loving, loving, caring father who he already knows everything anyways, what we're thinking. But, you know, I was scared of talking to him before. What if I say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing? And then as you asked, like, I just started leaning into him and it was connecting with him out in nature. We each have different ways of talking with him, but I just love to go on walks and pray and listen. You know, that was a pretty pivotal time in my life of just a new church, but also connecting with the Holy Spirit in a new way, being water baptized and Mm -hmm. then wanting that communication and relationship with Him. So good. Now, I'm curious about the move you made from coaching people with cancer to coaching people that want to start a business. Did I understand that correctly? Yeah, you did. Okay. So, I coached other moms with cancer for three years. 
I lost money every year because I think of my own worthiness issues. I was not really comfortable quite yet charging money. I would get on discovery calls with these women and they would be like, oh, I would love to do this. I just don't have the money. And I said, okay, no problem. Let's just get started anyways. Because I was like, well, who am I to say no to this person if they need help? And yet, I mean, I loved it. I really did. However, I didn't really realize that I was still needing a lot of healing at that time early on. And so I needed to even heal my own money mindset issues about being worthy around honoring my time. And it's obviously not a sustainable business if you're not getting paid. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, what a great business plan for everybody else but you. Exactly. So that's, again, when God had me step away, he healed a lot of those issues. I had so many limiting beliefs around who I was, around success, around money. But when I was able to heal that, when he revealed the truth again, just Mm -hmm. going back to his word. Okay, well, this is what Carrie believes, but is that true? And again, taking those thoughts captive, really working on them daily. And then he said, okay, you've done things maybe not the easiest way. Let me show you how to do this. And so now everything I do is incredibly Holy Spirit led. I don't believe there's cookie cutter approaches, but I am looking to him. I am guiding my clients to him because he is the best business coach anyways. And so sometimes I just even feel like more of a facilitator. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's ask God, what does he think? Whether it's business strategy or mindset, he's got the best answer because he is our creator. He knows what's going to work with our personality, what is sustainable. And it's just, oh, I don't know how people who don't work with him, Mm -hmm. how they succeed because gosh, he's got the best answers. I'd like to circle back on that whole transition. So God pressed the pause button on your coaching because you needed to get some things oriented properly in your mindset. And so when God had you stop doing that, how did he lead you into upgrading your mindset, so to speak? It took about two years. Again, just leaning into him really being in community where I was also being poured into and learning the truths. And so looking at what do I believe, kind of examining it from a subconscious level, measuring it. So this is actually still the process that I walk a lot of my clients through is I've now kind of found about 30 of the top limiting beliefs that Christian women have around success, around business, around money, and being very systematic around, okay, so maybe growing up, I thought you have to work really hard for money. That was actually one of my top beliefs because I saw my dad, he worked really hard. He was very sick because of his job, the stress, he would come home at noon to take a nap. And I remember my sister and I had to be so quiet so we wouldn't wake him up. At least my subconscious was trying to make story or meaning out of the story. And so I did grow up. And when I was like, oh gosh, yeah, I do think you have to work really hard for money. Looking at that, okay, got it. But like, Carrie, is that true? And then can I find scripture? What does God say about this in the word? And so then again, the 
declarations, the scripture, and just rewiring my brain to really be in tune with the truth and the promises. And that didn't happen overnight. I think sometimes it totally can. But for me, he knew I needed to get some of these things right because I was also going to be teaching it to a lot of my clients. Exactly. And that's what I love about this is God is so kind to set you up for success as a coach by walking you through the exact same things I would suspect that you're teaching other entrepreneurs to walk through. Exactly. So you said there's about 30 beliefs. What are the top one or two beliefs that you tend to deal with the majority of the time with your coaching clients that need to be shifted? Uh, The number one that I see all the time does stem from kind of some worthiness issues. Again, I work with really big-hearted Christian women who are excited about helping others. However, they are starting out. They're most of the time brand new. And so, so many of them are like, who am I to do this? I am not, you know, whether it's a millionaire or perfect in, in health, or I'm not bikini body or whatever it is. Like they don't see themselves as the expert in their field. And yet I really believe that's the enemy. And we don't have to feel 100% confident because if we did, then we would be doing it all on our own strength. Yeah, where's the faith, right? Right. And so when we're like, okay, like God's calling me to this, it's definitely scary, but we're looking to him. We are walking with him. We know we can't do it alone. And we are like, even if we're praying every morning, Lord, like this terrifies me, but thank you for being here. Thank you for the guidance that you have for me. Thank you for going ahead, for making a way. And that's what God wants is that beautiful relationship. And that's where I really feel like building a business is oh, so much about building our faith and trust in him as well. That's really good. Yeah, I'm thinking about the frequency with which it says in the word to be strong and courageous. Well, (laughs) we wouldn't need courage if we weren't dealing with fear, right? So fear is a pretty good indicator that you have an opportunity to step into courage, and that's what you're training your clients to do. Okay, not feeling worthy is the number one, sounds like by far. Yes. Okay, what's a number two or three that you tend to focus on as well? The second one, this one doesn't always come up initially, but when we kind of dig around a little bit, there is some kind of issues with money. I had one where I didn't have great examples in my life growing up of people with money doing good for the world and that it wasn't okay to even want more money. You know, I should just be humble. I should just be fine with getting by. And yet this was a beautiful one that I also had to really heal. I worked with Jim Baker. He is a pastor out of Ohio, but he does wonderful teachings around this work. He sure does. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He really helped me change my mindset and just understand that when I have more, I can do more for the kingdom because it does take money to spread the name of Jesus, both near and far to help women and children out of sex trafficking or build wells for clean water. Like those things, yeah, we can be praying for them, but it actually does take money as well. And so it was just for me, as well as my clients, like understanding wanting money in itself isn't bad. It's tying it to what we can do for him because of the more that he's giving us. 
because when I was back in that old house in foreclosure, I couldn't. I just, or I didn't think I could really do much. We were sponsoring a child through compassion, but I wanted to do more. I wanted to, I remember missionaries would come to our church and I wanted to give them money. And I was just like, okay, that's not going to happen at this point. But when we have more, we can do more and have more impact. So that's another great healing thing that he has shown me. What is it that makes you come alive the most now as you coach women? I feel like it's stepping into the calling that they feel like God has them on earth to do, because that's huge. But there are a lot of things that get in the way. And sometimes we take ourselves out. A lot of times we take ourselves out. We're playing small or we don't feel ready or we've got all the excuses under the sun. And yet I am able to really help them on that journey and be like, okay, well, we're going to do this with God and you're not doing it in your own power. And so really just helping them to stay focused on truth and A lot of times it is really just getting out of our own way and doing what God created us to do. And that just lights me up. You sound like the master encourager. Yeah. I was a cheerleader in college and (laughs) high school, and I guess he still has me on that path. Well, that's a huge gift that people need is encouragement for sure. Mm -hmm. It's so great that you get to do that full time now, along with, of course, raising a wonderful family. Yeah. Amen. Well, how can people find out more about you, Carrie? I would love to stay in touch. My website is braveabundance.com. I'm most often on Facebook, so find me and friend me. Let's be friends at Carrie, K-A-R-I, Olson, O-L-S-O-N. I do also have a Facebook group, which is called The Profitable Christian Coach for Women. Okay, great. As we finish here, I would love to have you pray for our listeners. Absolutely. Thank you, Brian. Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity. I am praying for each and every single person that is listening right now. And Lord, we know that you created them with a beautiful plan, a beautiful purpose. And thank you for just revealing that to them. Thank you for going ahead of them, for making a way. I am just praying for courage, that they first know what that is. And that they're able to just say, yes, Lord, no matter what, whether it's in just obedience or surrender, Lord, that you have incredible things ahead when they are just able to give you their yes, to really partner with you, Lord, knowing that they don't have to do this on their own. And it's okay to feel afraid because you have got them. And I just thank you in advance for the mighty works that you are doing in each and every one of them. I thank you for making a way, for going ahead of them, but also being their rear guard. And Lord, just praying for boldness, for courage, for their yes, and praying a hedge of protection around them as they step out in faith. We thank you. We praise you. We love you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Carrie, thank you so much. Loved hearing your story. Ah, Thank you for having me. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the show and share this with someone you believe would be encouraged and motivated by these stories. Until next time, I'm Brian Robinson reminding you that the greatest decision you could ever make is to ask Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life. If you haven't done that, read Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. Thanks again for listening.